Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life. And I titled today's episode, Cash, Poison or Possibility. And the reason is because I, uh, well, there's lots to talk about there. We're in a time of turmoil in uh, the economy. We've got significant inflation. We've got underreported inflation. We've got, you know, false impressions of the percentages. And I just say that from my own experience. I'm not a big conspiracy theorist about anything because I don't know enough to be and I don't waste time fretting about things I can't control. But Joy and I track expenses month to month and our purchases are about the same. So regular household stuff, principally, you know, the regular stuff it takes to run a household food and all of the accessories to run a household and uh, the rate of increase of the very same products. We go to the same stores and buy the same things is staggering. In some cases, double, which is a hundred percent. Sometimes in a short period of time, like Joy has a very, very good memory for prices of things that we buy at the same stores like Costco or in, in Canada is a great Canadian superstore or regular grocery stores like Safeway or Save on Foods. And so she tracks all those and she has a fabulous memory for what things were two years ago, one year ago, last, you know, three months ago, last month and everything. And that just blows me away because I can't fit all that in my hard drive. But she's very specific about the same size of things and all the rest. And prices are really, really going up. All right. So that's just an event. It's thing that's happening. And people are concerned about inflation, but somehow uh, the rate of inflation of typical living expenses is not reflected accurately in numbers. Nevertheless, it's a real problem. So that means what? It means you need more money. <clears throat> well, let's just, just for a sec, what is money? Well, by itself, money's nothing. It's a symbol. It's an agreement. Uh, I've mentioned before, we used to barter. I grew beans, you grew corn, we swapped. Then we bartered other services. The village blacksmith made horseshoes, and he got paid in food on the farmers' farms that used the horses, right, or whatever. And and then we created tokens. Uh, My wife was a her dad was an archaeologist and had a lot of stuff, particularly from native uh, native tribes uh, in Alberta and in Northwest, further north. And also a lot of HBC, Hudson's Bay Company, artifacts. And Hudson's Bay Company is the oldest corporation in the world, established in 16-something. So hundreds and hundreds of years now. <clears throat> and uh, they they used to have trading posts all over the place. And those trading posts used tokens. 
And so she's collected some of those tokens and then resold them to collectors and stuff like that. And that's part of her antiquities, antiques, and collectibles business over the years. The tokens themselves have no value at all. They're just pieces of metal or pieces of other wood or metal that were used at one point to do these things, to mean something. And there was an agreement about them meaning something. Today, uh, you know, and there isn't even a clear way to find out how much or what the tokens meant at the time in terms of trading power. Today, when she sells them, they sell for quite a bit of money, but they're for historical value, you know, like museum stuff and collectors. So it's got nothing to do with what they used to used to uh, used to mean. And money is like that too. Canada, I mean paper money. Canada used to have a one dollar bill. It doesn't anymore. It has loonies and toonies, right? Which are one and two dollar coins. And the one dollar bills have been gone for quite some time. But Joy has a collection of brand new $1 bills, many, and they sell for $5 and more each because they're new and they're unusual. And so, again, it has nothing to do with their monetary value. If I took it to the store, it would be worth a dollar. If I sell it to a collector, it's worth six. Isn't that interesting? So money itself is nothing at all except an agreement. It's a trading tool. Now, you know that intrinsically, and I named this episode uh, money or cash, poison or possibility, because we've turned money into a disease, right? Money is used to control people's lives. It's used to uh, do all kinds of nefarious things. I just was on the phone yesterday for an hour and a half waiting most of the time with my bank because my credit card that was linked to my Apple Pay somehow was hacked and I hadn't even used the card since October and it's now April. Sometime at the beginning of March, it was somehow hacked and used clear across Canada in Quebec for several hundred dollars worth of purchases. And when we got our statement, Joy always looks at those and said, what's all this? And obviously I had no idea. And it was somewhere clear across the country, a couple thousand miles from here and no online anything. So we called the bank and I spent an hour and a half waiting and then talking to them and they removed it all and told me it had something to do with Apple Pay, et cetera, et cetera. So that was all protected. But that is all about this religion of money. So money by itself is nothing. It's an agreement. It is simply a method that we use to trade since we can't trade corn and beans anymore directly. We trade goods and services. When you go to work, if you go, you know, paint and you work for a painting company, you paint a house and you, for your time and effort, you get paid a certain amount of money. And the homeowner pays the contractor a certain amount of money, and there's difference there, so the contractor makes the money. I use that example because I worked for a painting company one summer uh, when I was uh, 19. (laughs) But anyway, so, and I did paint houses and paint uh, miniature. The funniest thing was I painted a miniature golf course. It was three 18-hole golf courses, 54 holes, all the little pagodas and benches and everything, and that was a really interesting a really interesting thing. And the only time in my life where I fell off a ladder, I was up on a ladder painting something and the base of the ladder moved and gradually tipped over backwards. So it was slow enough that I had time to plan my landing. And so I wasn't injured, but it was quite a fall, 10 feet at least. 
uh, up in the air painting a little thing on a miniature golf course. Anyway, so I got paid and the golf course paid my the contractor, the my boss, the owner of the company, a certain amount of money. <clears throat> I was just trade for services. <laughs> All money is that. That's it. So uh, the name of the po- uh, the episode today is Poison or Possibility, and that's up to you. It really is, because money by itself isn't anything. Cash is a symbol, a representation <clears throat> of some accumulated energy. So if you paint or you dig a ditch for your neighbor, you you get paid, unless you're volunteering, in which case you got paid in feel-good coin, right? Or in on-purpose help-someone coin. And maybe you do a lot of that. I do volunteering in my church and in my community and all kinds of ways in musical productions and in food kitchens and everything. And maybe you do that too. And the payment there is different. It's not cash. So I want to talk specifically about cash because living the ultimate life, like this podcast is your ultimate life, creating a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy by serving with your gifts. <clears throat> Sometimes people hear that serving with the gifts thing is some airy fairy thing and it's that's it's not it's very concrete and specific if i go if i hire you to build me a website you are serving with your gifts you know how to build a website you know how to do html5 or php or whatever's involved and obviously i don't know or i wouldn't say all those things that are not right but whatever it is <clears throat> you have a, a gift and a talent and you use it and you build me something and i pay you Creating a business with your gifts and talents is absolutely no different. None at all. Excuse me. It's exactly like going to work. You're trading your gifts and talents for some accumulated energy for someone else. You're serving them and they pay you. So the idea that serving with your gifts and talents turning into cash, the idea that that's hard or weird or some airy-fairy thing, it's nonsense. That's what you do when you go to work. It's just structured differently because somebody else built the company. And if you want to run your own business, then you have to do that work. And you have to figure out how to start a business, how to find clients, how to do the accounting, how to file your taxes and everything else. And you may not want to do all that. Maybe you love having a job or somebody else does all that and you just get a paycheck. Well, that's become less and less reliable these days. And you know what I mean, right? Maybe you're affected. I just had a lunch club meeting with someone the other day and that was Friday. Yeah, yesterday, actually. And there... Employment ended that day. I said, this is my last day. Wow. And it was sudden, wasn't expected, et cetera, et cetera. And so the conversation, even though we were just getting acquainted, turned to how to f- end that because he hadn't even done the official turnover of keys, cards, and all the rest to end the job. And he had to go meet with the person that had hired him, you know, and do that. And we were talking about possible ways to have that conversation that were positive or negative. But anyway, so... <clears throat> That's all money is, and anyone that tries to make it anything else is um, worshiping in the religion of money. So you see music videos and you see television shows even that that hold up on a on a pedestal or in the public eye people that have a lot of money. So we have shows about the rich and the famous or people in in certain areas of California, Hollywood and others, and in other countries, Monaco and places, that talk about wealth and big cash and everything, and and that we show those things. There's nothing wrong with showing them, 
But we do it in the context of, ooh, I wish I had that. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because if you really wanted that, you'd go get it. And the idea that you can't is nonsense. Now, the question is, is it worth your heart and love and effort? And I don't mean that in a negative way, because if you want a new car and you need to earn a certain amount of money, then the money is just the intermediary. The price tag on the car is a thousand hours of your work or, you know, five closed commissions, depending on what you do. And the effort to get that, that's the price tag. And so the real trade isn't money. It is your effort, your gift and talent that you're giving to someone for money in whatever way it's structured, whether it's at work or whether you run your own business, whether you sell products and services or even do something like affiliate marketing. You still have to do the work to build the websites, build the ads, get the people you know, to buy from you as opposed to someone else, whether you're drop shipping or selling your own products or services or selling consulting and advice or selling artwork like one of my clients does, sells artwork. And I got another guy that's in the import business who's a client and another guy that sells just skills teaching people to freelance and take advantage of the exploding freelance economy. But all of those are just different ways of serving with your gifts and talents. Now, I have a regular opportunity several times a week to meet brand new people who have stories. They have stories in their life, hardships they've overcome. Last Tuesday, we had somebody on L.A. Talk Radio that had a staggering story. And if you're not listening to the L.A. Talk Radio shows, go to latalkradio.com. And my show is called Your Ultimate Life. Every single one of those episodes has been amazing. Amazing. They're live streamed and you can get them as a replay. I don't, the people that are on that show are mind blowing. Their stories, what they've overcome, what they've accomplished, how they did it exactly. And so you have infinite opportunity to connect with powerful people who are doing what you might think you want to do life of purpose, prosperity, and joy created by serving with your gifts. Now, the reason I say creating created by serving with your gifts instead of created by getting hordes of cash and then you can buy anything you want is because serving with your gifts is the fastest way for you to earn money. It is the most fulfilling way for you to earn money, right? And there's real easy reasons for that. Your gifts are the things you do best. So you can use those to generate money or you can use something you don't do as well. To generate money, you can do something else that is not your zone of genius. And in Gay Hendricks' book, um, The Big Leap, he talks about the zone of excellence and the zone of genius. And he comments, and it's true, that your zone of excellence may reward you handsomely. You may get paid a lot of money. I did that. I had a career in energy for 30 years. In the last 10 years or so, I got paid a lot. I was a consultant. I was in many places, and I got paid many millions of dollars over that period of time. And that was a skill that I learned how to do, and it was my zone of excellence. I was in a class by myself. There were a few people in the world that did exactly what I did. And deregulation was the rage at the time in many jurisdictions around the world. So I had lots of opportunity to do some pretty high-powered, highly-paid work. 
but it was still my zone of excellence. There was no fulfillment, and it wasn't using my gifts and talents except my ability to explain difficult things. I have a skill to explain difficult things in a simple fashion really quickly. And because of that, I was the one that was always sent to Washington, D.C. or uh, the capital of Canada, Ottawa, or Sacramento when I was working in California <clears throat> to meet with legislators and stuff to explain stuff because I was able to do it in language that was understandable and and they got it. And so that was a gift that I had and that was the one gift that I was using in that way. But that gift wasn't the reason I was paid a lot. It was the skill in market design, which was a zone of excellence, not a zone of genius, and it wasn't something that was fulfilling. Besides that, electricity markets are about as interesting as watching paint dry. <clears throat> so here's, here's your, the question for you. Money, cash, piles of cash. If you think about having piles of cash, what comes up for you? Is it huge relief because security is now assured? Well, that's not true. You could be defrauded or robbed, just like that fake credit card thing with me, and it was several hundred dollars. I had to go through a long process, find it and dispute it and, you know, wait and do all the stuff, but I, I got it back. <clears throat> so that cost me several hours of work to create that money back, right? So it's, there's no free trade. Okay, and people sometimes talk about making money while you sleep and they talk about investing in cryptocurrency and real estate and other things. And it's true. Some assets appreciate while you do nothing because of other surrounding economic conditions. But they also move in, you know, unpredictable directions. Gold, silver, crypto, all of them go up, go down. Crypto is, I mean, Bitcoin is as high as 60, maybe almost 80,000. Now it's down to a quarter of that. Of course, if you mine Bitcoin back in the day and it was 25 cents and now it's $20,000, you made a killing. Those opportunities certainly exist, but they're variable and they're unpredictable. So back to the question, is a pile of cash poison or possibility? Well, there are two key aspects to that. Number one is how did you get it? And two, why did you get it? Those are the real questions. If you got it because you traded your gifts and talents, the things you do very best in the service of others, then you got it in a really good and also fulfilling way. Because using the things you do really well, your gifts, the things you were given by your creator, if you develop them and serve them, serve with them well, then that's also fulfilling in addition to creating a pile of cash. So if you got it by serving with your gifts, <clears throat> I didn't say exploiting your gifts. All these words are carefully chosen. Serving, in the definition I'm using, is an intentional choice to use the gifts to lift and bless, to make the world a better place, to add good to the world. Whether it's listening, alleviating suffering, creating a beautiful house that someone can live in and alleviate property shortages in some places prices are really high because the you know there's not enough real estate available etc cetera, etc cetera. so all of those things that affect prices are just part of the gig but my point is if you have a pile of cash and you got it by serving adding good to the world with your gifts that's fulfilling and it's good
that pile of cash is now possibility. Now, the other question is, why did you accumulate this wealth? And here's where it can go into poison. Well, the other side could, too. If I accumulated the cash by doing something shady or illegal or quasi, you know, immoral, if I hurt people, if I didn't serve them, if it was just about the cash, those things are not fulfilling. And we have a society full of people who accumulate cash for that reason to show off. And you know what? When you examine their lives, the vast majority are not happy, as evidenced by, you know, who's in rehab and suicides and all of the serious things that come when the way we accumulate cash, which we all need, but the way we get it matters why we get it. So one way, one reason we get cash is because we need it. We do. And if we sell our gifts and talents or trade our gifts and talents for money working for a company, that's fine. If you make a choice to discover the gifts you have and then to serve with them in a large way, in a powerful way, which building your own business, writing books, creating products and services, being of service, intentionally adding good to the world. If you do that, if that's the reason, and that's even more fulfilling. And then what happens when you have a pile of cash is you generally don't keep it. You generally say, okay, I'm going to use this to do good, add more good to the world. Because in any moment, you and I could croak. We know that. And all that cash and cars and houses and everything else we accumulated to be cool means exactly nothing. The only thing we take with us back to our creator is what we've made of ourselves. So we came with some gifts and talents. We do whatever we do here, time and choice. That's what the whole substance of life is, time and choice. Nothing else. And the choices are determine what we make out of ourselves. That's all there is. And when we croak, we're going to go back to the creator and what we've made out of ourselves because of our choices is all we have to give. There's nothing else. So when you think about cash, poison or possibility, one approach, I'm going to suggest it to you, is stop, stop attending the church of worship of cash. Cash is not to be worshiped. Even though so much of glamour and movies and everything else show that it is. One of the things that makes this religion of cash so crazy is because at least 50% of the books, movies, television programs, and real life things that we see are celebrating those who got cash in a way that did not add good to the world, that hurt people. Okay, in the news, you see drug cartels and, uh, yeah, ooh, they're bad and all this death and destruction. And then there's a movie about the opulent lifestyles. And then there's a movie about the opulent lifestyles of people who created cash by doing things that are harmful, trafficking in drugs or sex or other gambling. Okay, and all of those things, it's not a mystery. We, we see the ruin they leave in their wake. And if we say, oh, well, you know, that's up to you. You didn't have to drink. You didn't have to gamble away all your money. Okay, well, how about we we glorify and we celebrate that? 
all the time. <clears throat> we make it as attractive as possible. Why? So people are out there grinding for cash and trading away what? Well, the only things we have are time and our choices. Well, if we trade away our time and choices only for the purpose of getting cash to be cool, you live a hollow, empty, broken life. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but eventually it grinds you to nothing. I saw an interview the other day with the the real guy that was the Wolf of Wall Street after he'd served his jail time. And he talked about that. He talked about how blind and unfulfilling that stuff all was. A notable comment. And I've heard that at least a thousand times from different people of all walks of life and of all different occupations. The pursuit of cash for its own self, its own sake, is an empty, empty, unfulfilling trip. So here's our choice. My choice, your choice. Creating cash is a good thing if and only if you're going to use it to add good to the world. That's it. I'm going to assert that. You can argue with me or whatever, but creating piles of cash is only, only matters. If you're going to, if you created it in a positive way, if you created it serving, and if you're going to use it to add good to the world, then it is infinite possibility. If I create or you create piles of cash other ways and for other reasons, ways that don't serve, ways that are either shady or harmful to others, then that is who we have become. We've become the person who cuts corners, cheats on our taxes, lies and does things a little bit or a lot because we didn't get caught and it just didn't really hurt anybody. That's all nonsense. Then we have become that. We've become the person that says, oh, it's okay to do those things. Because why? Because I needed that cash. Wow. Is that the gift you want to give back to your creator? That person? Well, I don't know. You have to decide that. Piles of cash are fabulous. If you're going to use it to add good to the world, to make a difference, to lift and bless the lives of those around you, starting with your own family. Creating piles of cash to be an ostentatious show-off, I'm not sure how that lifts and blesses the world or even one person because that's empty celebration of non-service. Leaning into the gifts and talents you were given is the fastest and best way to create wealth. It is the best way to add good to the world and the best way to create a fulfilling life. Discovering, developing, and serving with your gifts is the invitation to live your ultimate life. Now, that doesn't say everybody has to go out and start a business and all that. I'm not saying that. You can serve with your gifts and talents really well working for someone else. You can have a job doing a thing that you're in your zone of excellence for and be in your zone of genius with your gifts and talents on an all-volunteer basis. But then you live the life of a fulfilled person because you understand the difference and you're using your gifts and talents to serve and you're creating your necessities to get through life in a way that's honorable and good because you've chosen to use your gifts and talents for pure service and not worry about the uh, monetizing the good that they do. Either path is fine. 
So ultimately, back to the question, is cash poison or possibility? And the answer is it's up to you. Cash by itself is nothing. How you got it, why you got it is whether it is poison or possibility. What you're going to do with it, whether or not you're going to hoard it or add good to the world, that's a choice only you can make. I'm postulating that creating cash by using your gifts and talents, creating it to serve by serving and then using it to add good to the world, that is the way of greatest fulfillment. Incidentally, incidentally, and this may be the most controversial thought, incidentally, that's the way to create the most cash. What? Yeah, using your gifts and talents to serve. The question of how much cash you create is, a, is only a question of how much you're willing to serve. As you serve, you can create wealth, and people will pour money on you if you truly serve them. Now, I want you to think about this. I've taken some a little bit controversial stands, and I don't care. It's what my experience has taught me, not only mine, but the experience of hundreds, hundreds of clients at this point, watching their journey, their relationship to money, how they create it, and everything else. I invite you to examine your motives, to eliminate, eliminate your fears, and lean into your gifts and talents so that you can easily create your ultimate life. Open your heart. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your